Amen. Never know what the Lord has in store for us when we come, but certainly glad um, for this one joining us. And, and uh, we we need help and, and uh, pray for Him and, and us that we'll help each other. And, and uh, I think different times when Moses was telling Pharaoh, let me and my people go just to, to, to serve the Lord. And uh, Pharaoh tried to bargain with him, and he said, well, you can go, but, but some of your little ones will have to stay behind, and, and your animals have to stay. And Moses said, we've either all got to go or none of us. He said, and the reason is, we don't know what's required of us until we get there to where the Lord's bringing us. So that's the way it is when we come into the house of the Lord. We don't know what the Lord's going to require of us until we get here. But then it's important when we get here, if He requires something, it's important that we provide that. And so I appreciate this one stepping forward and following the Lord. Something else on your heart, anything at all. Remember this. Remember Brother David. Anything further? If not, I, I won't preach uh, long. Don't intend to anyway. Um, uh, but I'd ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 27. And I'm going to read a few verses in, in John. Um, again, appreciate all that's been said and done this morning. And uh, boy, I'm, I'm just glad when the Lord passes by. And uh, he's passed by in the singing and in the fellowship. And, and so we hope he'll uh, continue to meet with us and pass by as the service unfolds. And uh, I, I preached last week or tried to on, on just about the Bible and about the Word of God and how important that is. And, and this week it sort of just came to me love. And, and uh, again, I thought, Lord, I, there's so much, you, so many different directions you can go uh, with love, but... But I do feel that uh, that love is 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 lacking in today's society, um, and the showing forth of Christian love is lacking in today's society. And uh, and and I'm not going to read in Corinthians, but you know Paul said, even if I spoke with the tongues of angels, if I have not love, I'm become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. He understood that without love, everything else is vain, and so it is. Uh, we live in a generation where men would just as soon stab you as to tell you they loved you. And, and, uh, but I'm not a bit ashamed to say that I love you this morning, and I'm not a bit ashamed to say that I love the Lord. Uh, but the question is, why? Why do you love the Lord? And, uh, and so that's what we're, we're hoping to answer. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter 27, starting with uh, verse 26, And it says, Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe 
And when they had platted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. And a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Serene, Simeon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to play, say the place of a skull, they gave him vinegar mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. Can you imagine just sitting down and watching? And set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyedest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him the drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened. And many of the bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after His resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared into many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying this was the Son of God. I'm going to read two verses in, in John. And you don't have to turn, but you can. One's John 10, 17. John 10, 17. And I'm not going to preach long, but I do want to take my time in this part. 
John 10 and 17 says, Therefore doeth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. And then in John 16, 27, says, For the Father Himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I was thinking this week again just about love and about compassion and uh, and I know we're going through a, a pandemic and and uh, I feel that changed um, changed culture and, and uh, I'm not sure that honestly that some of it's ever coming back and I said that to say this there there's something in a touch um, that, that we've been missing and fellowship and hugging and touching and, and uh, but I thought uh, about a leper that according to Luke which was a doctor uh, in the 5th chapter of Luke he said there came a man to Jesus one day not just a leper but full of leprosy that's the way he puts it full of leprosy in other words he had had this disease for quite some time and leprosy was uh, was simply your, your flesh would just rot away. And, uh, and, and you could see that. And, and those people would have to quarantine themselves outside the camp and, and they would have to put uh, cloths over their faces and they would have to, if anybody came within a certain feet of them, uh, they would have to hold up their hands and say, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, don't come towards me. And, uh, and I thought that this man that was full of leprosy, not just, he didn't just have a spot, but, but he was full of leprosy. And yet, he came and fell down at the feet of Jesus, and he said, Master, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And the Bible said Jesus did something that was unthinkable at that time. He put forth his hand and he touched this man. And he said, I will be thou clean. Now that might not seem like much to you, but just thinking about somebody, this man had been aching for some touch, some form of human touch, some form of contact, and nobody would touch him because he was full of leprosy. And, then, and I don't know why I said this. The story really doesn't have anything to do with what I read. Uh, but, but I'm glad for the times that I can feel just a touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad for those times. It's the same with the woman with an issue of blood. For 12 years, she couldn't be around anybody. She couldn't touch anybody. If she had a husband and children, she had gone 12 years without hugging her babies and hugging her husband 12 years. And, and so when Jesus passed by, she didn't dare touch Him. But she said, maybe if I can just touch the hem of His garment, maybe there's enough power and holiness in just His outward garment that surely if I, I won't touch Him, I don't want to contaminate Him, but if I can just touch... Uh, these people long to be touched and to be held 
and to be uh, to be uh, to be accepted in society. And I would say today that uh, there's a lot of people in our society that long for the healing and the touching of one that's bigger than they are. And I can remember that night I longed for the healing and the power and the, the cleansing and the redeeming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and what's amazing, and John writes it in his epistle, he, he threw up his hands and he said, Herein is love. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. And I've thought about that different times this week and about why is it that we love the Lord Jesus Christ. You could certainly make a case because He fed the multitudes. You could certainly make a case because He had, because He healed those that were sick, because He put forth His hand and touched a leper when nobody else would, and because he, he stopped and healed this woman with an issue of blood and let her go back home to His family. You could certainly make a case and all of those are valid reasons why uh, that we love the Lord Jesus Christ. But, uh, but, but here it is love. Not that we loved Him. We couldn't love Him. If you say, Preacher, I love Him, then I would declare unto you the only way that you can love Him is because He first loved you. You would never love Him. That's not in man's nature. But as we read to you in John 10 and 17, this was the God-man. This was Jesus Christ who came to us as a babe born in a manger and, uh, and grew up and, and, and pleased His Father. That was His, that was his joy every time that, that the Father would speak from heaven. It happened about three times, I think, uh, that the heaven spoke and thundered and said, This is My Son in whom I am well pleased. And now Jesus was loved of the Father from the very beginning. Before the mountains ever stretched forth their necks on this earth, He was loved of the Father as the only begotten Son of God, as one with the Father. And so He loved Him. But now it's altogether a different thing that now He's united time and eternity in the body of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That eternity was married into time when Jesus Christ was born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem of Judea. It was now that that sin that had attached itself onto man and now Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became a man. In every sense of the word, He was no less man than I am and He was no less God than the Father is. But now the Bible says in John 10 and 17, He said, Herein doth my Father love me because I lay down my life. I would say to you that is a that that's the love of the Father toward not only His Son, but toward mankind. For it was mankind that sinned against God. And so mankind was held in enmity against God. But now here is one that has become the representative of man. And I've thought different times, I understand why God would pity us. And I understand why He would take an interest in us. But I've yet to understand why that the Father would love us. But the reason why He loves us is because of ages long ago 
before Adam was ever born and He knew before Adam was created rather and He knew the sinfulness that man would bring upon this earth uh, that, that He and the eternal Son had that conversation in eternity past. And the, the Son said unto the Father, I come to do Thy will, O God. In the book it is written of Me that I delight to do Thy will. And so when He came born of a virgin and He did the will of His Father, everything that He did, every action that He took was all leading to Calvary. He was led as a sheep is led to the slaughter, uh, not for the, uh, he, but, but, but not as a sheep. He knew what was coming to Him, uh, but still He opened not His mouth. And so I would say, why do you love Him today? And I love Him because of the same reason the Father loves Him. Because He laid down His life that He might take it up again. And then I read to you that God said, or Jesus told the disciples, because you love Me, the Father doeth love you. I would say to you today that we are made complete in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That the reason why the Father loved the Son, loved the God-man, according to the Son of God's own words, it was because He was willing to lay down His life and knowing indeed what all that took. After my God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? How we read about Him in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible refers to it as an olive press. And it was there that the weight of the sin of the world came down upon the Son of God. It was there that He began to buy you with the price if you've been saved by grace. And it was there that He made that down payment as His sweat became as great drops of blood. It was there that He said, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. It was there in all of His humanity. He prayed unto the Father and He said, Father, anything is possible for You. He said, I beg You to take this cup away from Me. But He said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now, do you understand the strength? You might say, preacher, he was God. Yes, he was. But he was a man. And that manhood of him knew what was coming. And he said, if there's another way. But he said, I know there's not another way. And he said, I'll take the cup and I'll drink it down to its bitter end. And I'll drink it down to its dregs. And they caught him there in a garden, come out with swords and torches and staves and knives against him. And they took him and they led him away unto, unto the high priest. And the high priest sent him to Pilate. And Pilate sent him to Herod. And Herod sent him back to Pilate. And we picked up there in the reading that they scourged him. Hey, my friend, why do you love him today? Because he laid down his life that you could have eternal life. And because there was no other way that God could look upon mankind and love mankind except there stood a representative of man that standing in the place of man and saying, I know what they've done. I know every foul thing that they've done and that they ever will do. But I'll stand and I'll take their punishment and I'll take their stripes. And so they stripped Him naked. Can you imagine this happening to anybody as a but the one so holy and one so perfect and one
one so righteous. He said, my father does love me because I lay down my life. And he said, no man will take it from me. Has nobody killed Jesus? He said, I laid it down. And I've got the power to take it up again. I'm telling you today, now that stirs something in my soul. Now why do you love Him? And because I understand what He done for me. And so when it comes personal like that, you can say He did it for all the world, but that doesn't hit us personal. I know what He done for me. I know what He done for this person. I know what He done for me. I know when He drank that cup to its bitter dregs, as He went through the as He went through the trials and the mocking and the scourging, as they plaited a crown of thorns and began to beat that down upon His head, and the blood began to flow down His broken body, bruised and contused. And, and beaten within an inch of his life. And then he was crucified. Now why do you love him this morning? Now because he laid down his life that he might take it up again. I've thought about that different times. I'm telling you that now there's no fear of dying for those who are children of God. He has become the first fruits of them that slept. But just like every man that's ever lived, he had to go down into the depths of death itself. But now has resurrected to a newness of life. And he told Martha, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. And whosoever believeth in me shall never die. Why do you love him? It's not just because he's given you a good home. Yes, love him for that. It's not just because He's given you a good family. Love Him for that. It's not just because He's been good to you in your life. Love Him for that. But my friend, the reason why you ought to love Him above everything and everybody else on the face of this earth is because He laid down His life that He might take it up again. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? And do you understand that, that death died at Gethsemane? That death died at Golgotha? That three days after He was dead, a newness of life came into Him. He said, Father, into Thy hands I commend My Spirit. And then He said three words, It is finished. I've finished the work that you gave me to do. Everything that you asked of me, I delight to do thy will, O God. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. Nothing pleased the Son more than accomplishing the Father's will. And do you know nothing pleases the Father? According to John 16.27 that I read, or 15.27, whichever it was, that because you love Jesus, the Father loves you. You understand that? You're going to be judged on this man, Jesus Christ. You can't be indifferent about Him. When they came to the disciples and Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? And some said Elijah and some said John the Baptist. He said, But whom do you say that I am? And that's the question I would ask you this morning. He's either the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that laid down His life and took it up again and that all that believe in Him shall never die for He's just another man. And your eternity is based on what you believe about this man. He's either the God-man or He's not. And so you either love Him or you don't. Uh, but sometimes I think we... We skip over except at Easter time and then we talk about the old rugged cross. I'm telling you this week, 
It's been in the forefront of my mind. Why do I love Him like I do? And because I love Him, you realize the Father loves Him for that reason and man loves Him for that reason. So when two parties have come together loving the same man for that same reason, there is perfect unity and harmony in that. You know when the... And I told you this last week. He closed out the canon of Scripture by exalting the Son of God into a place where no man has ever went. And you can make rest assured of this. He still retains that manhood. You say, whoa, preacher, he's, he's in the heavens. I know he's in the heavens. But have you not read after his resurrection? He told his disciples, touch me and handle me. He said, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. He said, give me something to eat. A spirit does not eat. He retained that manhood still standing as mankind in the representation of mankind before the throne of God. And so the Bible says because of that reason God has highly exalted Him and given Him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Boy, I'm looking forward to that day. I don't know about you, there's a lot in heaven I'm looking forward to, but nothing greater. So now He's exalted into a place where no man has ever stood. How do you say that, preacher? Because if you see the progression in the book of Revelation, He begins out in Revelation as a lamb before the throne, having been slain from the foundation of the world. If you read the last chapter of Revelation, it talks about there's only one throne. And it's the throne of God and of the Lamb. But it's one throne. This little Lamb of God has been exalted to the very throne of God because He laid down His life and He took it up again. I'm telling you today, that ought to put a joy in the heart and this child of God. Why do you love Him today? There's a myriad of reasons, but none greater than what I read to you in the suffering. I can love Him for different things. But if I'm honest with you today, what really causes me to love Him is seeing His blood run down that broken body. What really causes me to love Him is seeing Him perched between two thieves and seeing Him scourged and seeing Him beaten and seeing Him mocked and seen Him stripped naked as the Son of God as the paleness of His flesh and death. And my friend, why do I love Him? And that's above every reason why. He's been good to me. And I love Him because He's been good to me. But nothing compares to that pale, broken body streaming great streams of blood as it ran down His body and spilt off to the ground. It takes the blood to save a sinner. It always has. And so He said, I give my life blood. That the life of the flesh is in the blood. And so that's why I love Him today. Because He poured out His soul unto death for a wretch like me. I know who I am this morning. You might say, preacher, what do you mean? I know the foul things that have went through my mind over the years. I know the sins that I've done. I know I don't know your life, but I would venture to guess you wouldn't want it on a blackboard here for the church to see. 
I sure wouldn't want mine up there for you to see. But this man, knowing all about us, knowing that without him dying, without him laying his life down and picking it up again, and knowing we would get hellfire and damnation, he said, that's why I do it. Because I love you that much. And that when the time has come, that Father, I'll do your will. And after thousands of years of this earth being existing, the time did come. And He came to us as, a, as just a little babe. And they watched Him grow. And they handled Him. And they touched Him. And they loved Him. And He healed the sick. And He raised the dead. But all of that would have been meaningless. And He said, I'm not going to the cross. But He did. Thank God. Hallelujah. Why do you love Him? Because they mocked Him and they spit upon Him. And He said, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. But He said, my kingdom is not of this world. You understand there awaits a kingdom for those of us who love the Lord. I mean a kingdom where we'll never die. There'll be no more COVID units. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more unclean, unclean. But we'll be able to touch and to hug. Even though somebody asked me the other day, do you think you'll know your family? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I think I'll know them. I think I'll know them. And I think they'll know me. And he said, what do you base that on? And I said, well, Peter never met Moses. Moses lived. And Elijah lived thousands of years before Peter. Uh, But Peter saw them on top of a mountain. And he said, that's Moses. And that's Elijah. He knew them, even though he'd never met them. You don't think you're going to know your loved ones there? My friends, you'll know as you're known. And all things will be made new. Isn't that wonderful this morning? And none of it would be possible if this God-man hadn't have laid down his life. If you lay down your life, we've got service men and women in here. Thank God for your service. People laid down their lives that we could be a free country. They're still doing it today. But as men, when we lay down our lives to save others, we realize that we're just laying down our lives a little bit sooner than would be required of us if we lived them out. Jesus Christ did not ever have to die. He was sinless. Death would have never come to Him except He willingly laid it down. And in the cruelest, most vile way you could ever imagine. Torture upon torture. And then for three hours of total darkness, the sins of the world fell upon Him. And by that, sin having to be punished, the wrath of the Father was all poured out on His own Son. You think that wouldn't cause you to tremble? The wrath of the Father from all the sins of Adam's race until the time when time will be no more. All of that fury was poured out on His Son. And His Son said, Father, let me have the cup now. It's not possible that it should be taken away. Let me have the cup and I'll drink it till it's bitter end. And I thought about the sorrow that His own disciples even had to feel. I mean, they mourned. It was the 
It was the most horrific Sabbath they had ever encountered. They cried and they wept and they mourned. But on the third day, he told some women that came to the tomb and I'm done, he said, you go and tell my disciples that I'm not dead and I'll meet them in Galilee. In other words, he said, I'm going before you and where I am, I'm going to meet you there. I want you to know, child of God, this morning, he has went into the holies for you and we will meet him there one day. All because he laid down his life but then he took it up again. I'm glad he took it up again. If he hadn't took it up again, there would be no point in it. But on the third day, that third and glorious day, when the stone rolled back, and they said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He'll never have to die again. Because He did it that one time, He'll never have to die again. He's no longer on the cross. And he's no longer in the tomb. He's at the right hand of the Father as a man making intercession for men with groanings which cannot be uttered. This might have not meant much to you, but I'm telling you, why do you love him? Why do you love him? There's a myriad of reasons, and every one of them is true. But I love him because of the way the Father loves him. I loved him because he laid down my life. That people like this sweet little girl can come and be saved. That's what it's all about. That's what church is all about. It's not about religion. It's not about the preacher. It should be all about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It all started with Him. And it will all consummate with Him and His Word when He comes back. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. It started with me and it will end with me and my word. But those of us who have been saved, just because He laid down His life, that we can be saved, and He took it up again, that we can be justified, He's now prepared a place beyond our imagination where we'll never bury another loved one. You'll never again carry the mortal remains of your loved one and never again look into the eyes of those that are hurting. I can remember when my mom's brother died, I can remember looking into her eyes and I saw the pain and I saw the hurt. I'll never again see that because he said, I'm going to make all things new. I lay down my life and I'll take it up again. And he said, because I live, you shall live also. If you believe. I believe this morning, don't you? I believe with all my heart. And because I believe, He can't go against His Word. He's faithful to His Word that whosoever believeth in Me shall never die. I laid it down. And I'm taking it up. And guess what? When my short span of life on this earth is over, there'll come a day my soul will go to rest with Him. But thank God, even that's not the end. There'll come a day after that day and when I'll come back with Him and my body will rise from the ground and I'll have a new body. And this corruption will take on in the incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality and I shall be changed. You know what the best part is? In Revelation chapter 22, it says there'll be no more curse. No more sin. No more sin, no more curse. 
I can't imagine what that's like. Because we live in a land cursed with sin. But because He laid down His life and took it up again, He can prepare a place where there is no more curse. And all of that's behind us. I'm telling you, that's why I love Him this morning. Because I know He did all of that for me. And I know exactly what I am and how unworthy that I am. But I understand how worthy He is. And that the price that He paid for me, I wasn't worth it. But because He loved me, herein is love, John said. Yes, sir. Amen, John. Herein is love. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. That's my message. Come ahead with a song. If there's something on your heart, if you want to gather and pray, I just want you to mind the Lord. That's what's on my heart. Just love. Love of the Father. Love of the Son. Love of the Holy Ghost.